Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Rapid Fire with me, your host, Savannah Hernandez, here with you for the next hour on this Tuesday, June 29th. Now, I decided to take a break from politics this weekend, thinking that I would come back to, you know, a couple of missed news stories, but the news cycle was absolutely insane this past weekend, and we have a crap ton of news that we need to get into from border crossing surging still, uh, gas prices hitting 70-year highs, Biden's administration trying to rewrite history, the NSA spying on Tucker Carlson, and uh, Twitter trying to censor a potentially life-saving video. Now, I want to start off the broadcast today with this video because it's so important and Twitter is trying to censor it. I was trying to share it this morning. Just copy the link of the tweet, send it via text or send it via DM. I had no ability to do so, and Twitter put a uh, COVID misinformation claim on the video, which they linked to saying, uh, you know, vaccines are safe for most people. Keyword most in like in regards to this video. So I want to start off the broadcast today with this because it is the most important piece of news I would say to come out of today, and it's being very heavily censored right now. So uh, we're going to watch this two-minute clip to start off, and then we're going to delve into an insane amount of news. Uh, we may have reached peak insanity in this country. I don't know. I say that all the time, and then things somehow get crazier and crazier. But uh, let's go ahead and just start off with this video. On January 20th, Maddie received her second dose of the Pfizer COVID vaccine as a participant in the clinical trial for 12 to 15 year olds. All three of our kids volunteered and were excited to participate in the trial as a way to help us all return to normal life. My husband works in the medical field and I have a degree in electrical engineering. We are pro-vaccine and pro-science, which is why we agreed to let Maddie and her two older brothers volunteer for the trial. Before Maddie got her final dose of the vaccine, she was a healthy 12-year-old who got straight A's um, and had lots of friends. She had a life. She was energetic. She was not like this. Although she does still have lots of friends. Upon receiving the second shot, Maddie immediately felt pain at the injection site. And over the next 24 hours, she developed severe abdominal and chest pain. And the way she described the chest pain, and I quote, it feels like my heart is being ripped out through my neck. She had painful electrical shocks down her neck and spine that forced her to walk hunched over. She had extreme pain in her fingers and toes. It actually made them turn white, and they were cold whenever you touched them. This mom talks about how her daughter, a healthy teenage girl, went and got the vaccine and she had so much pain that she was hunched over. She couldn't even walk straight. She was having heart pain and um, she's now in a wheelchair. Um, let me also see what else this tweet says. Uh, she has an NG tube and she's suffering from severe memory loss along with many other issues. I'm going to link this video down below so that you guys can watch it because it's a very important video. And again, this morning when I tried to share this, Twitter would not give me the ability to do so. They're heavily censoring this video. It seems that they've since taken off their uh, COVID misinformation fact check. But this morning it was there. And again, the most hilarious part of it is that they linked it 
to their page about how vaccines are safe for most people. Again, keyword most there. This video is absolutely heartbreaking. This mother is crying, talking about how she and her family are pro-jab, and now her daughter's in a wheelchair. She was fainting. She is in, her life is ruined. Her life is ruined. Potentially life-saving video to show people the realities of this experimental non-FDA approved vaccine and Twitter is censoring it because that's where we're at in this country. It is so hard to find the truth of what's going on and we're constantly being fed propaganda every single day. Apparently now there's this new COVID Delta variant that the World Health Organization is trying to scare everybody with so we can go back into lockdown again. And in some states, we are going back into lockdown. I don't mean to be so aggressive with this, but watching this video really pissed me off. But more importantly, big tech censoring it and the media refusing to touch it and anyone refusing to talk about this for that matter, really just pisses me off. Now we're going to calm down from this because like I said, I, I want to remain calm, but this is what's going on in our country. And for some reason, this is what our citizens, what the multi-million dollar corporations think is important to focus on and what everyone has been giving attention to. So uh, let's watch what everyone has been focusing on as opposed to what they should be focused on. Okay, the video says football is gay, football is lesbian, football is beautiful, football is queer, life exciting, transgender, bisexual, strong, football is American, it's accepting, it's everything. So the NFL put out this video to try to say that, you know, football's gay, it's for lesbians, it's for bisexual people, it's for transgenders. This is what our citizens, this is what the average citizen and also the average conservative commentator is focused on today when we have a literal video out of a teenage girl who has been so severely impacted by the COVID jab that her whole life is ruined. But this is what everyone's focused on because our entire country is a joke. Let's keep going. So on top of that, uh, we also had Gwen Berry, who is on the U.S. Olympic team. I believe they're right now doing, um, they're just doing qual like qualifying rounds for the actual Olympics. And uh, Gwen Berry, or it might be the actual Olympics. I don't know. I don't watch these things. But basically, she came into third place. And uh, as the national anthem was being played, she decided to turn her back to it. The picture went viral this past weekend. Third place, made it about herself, turned her back for the flag, turned her back for the anthem, said that the national anthem is disrespectful to black people, being a complete brat about all of this. And I'm just going to read a quote because <sighs> these are the types of spoiled liberals that live in America that are so spoiled that they're willing to give up their freedoms. And uh, this is what our media and everyone for some reason in society thinks is important to focus on. We're focused on it right now because it is still worth mentioning and covering. But why isn't the video that I played at the beginning of this broadcast not the number one news story in our entire country? Everyone should be absolutely pissed off about that. The fact that a young woman's life has been ruined and we're still being forced into lockdown and still being forced to take this jab. But no, everyone's focused on this Olympic athlete who, you know, she calls herself an activist athlete. And, um, just so, so much disrespect for America. 
Now, let me go ahead and try to find this quote here because this whole article is just a real treat. This woman is a real treat, let me tell you. Uh, she says, they said they were going to play it, talking about the anthem, before we walked out and then they played it when we were out there. But I don't really want to talk about the anthem because that's not important. The anthem doesn't speak for me. It never has. And uh, yeah, she was really upset because um, she said that she's here to represent those who died due to systemic racism. That's the important part for her. And that's why she says she's here today, which is absolutely rich to me because if systemic racism was a real thing, then she would not have even been given a platform. She would not have the ability to stand up in front of the world and have her voice heard. But apparently systemic racism is such a huge issue in our country. No, you know what people are actually dying from? Dr. Fauci's advice. Not America, not our national anthem. Let's keep going. So these are the two women who came in first and second place. Uh, again, Gwen, whatever the hell her name is, not important, came in third because she is obviously not that great at her craft. I mean, third's okay, but first and second would have been better. These are the first and second place winners here. This is Deanna Price and Brooke Anderson, okay? So these are the real athletes that we should be celebrating here in America because they respect our anthem, they respect our flag, and they respect our country. But no, for some reason, Democrats, liberals, the mainstream media want to platform the one spoiled liberal brat who uses her platform to cry about how oppressed she is. Good Lord. <sighs> let me calm down. Let me calm down. It, it gets worse. It gets worse because we're still, we're, we're still talking about all of the equity and racism that's just ravaging America right now. So apparently this restaurant in, I believe this is Minnesota, is informing all customers that they're going to be charged a 15% equity charge instead of just playing their employees more. Broders has decided to inform customers that they are too racist and sexist to tip properly. So 15% equity charge, and this is their page here explaining why they're doing this equity charge. And this is my favorite part right here that I just want to read for you guys. So it says, we also believe the charge helps eliminate the effect of unconscious bias in our compensation model. Industry studies have found gender bias in tipping and that black or brown servers receive less tip income than their white counterparts. Now, I wanted to bring this up because I think it's absolutely hilarious. I've been in the service industry. I worked in it for five years. I worked in Panera, Cheesecake Factory, TGI Fridays, Take Your Pick, Olive Garden. And guess what? When I was a server, because my dad taught me the importance of hard work, and he also hated having bad service when we would go to restaurants. He would always tell me there's no good servers nowadays. And so, you know, I always kind of grew up with that mentality. And when I became a server, guess what? $100 tips on a $50 bill, okay? Because I understood hard work and I had a good work ethic. So I think it's absolutely hilarious that studies have shown that um, gender and race really come into play when it comes to tips. Really, because I'm pretty sure when I worked in the service industry, I got tipped way better than any of my white counterparts, men or women for that matter, because I made sure that I gave good service to my customers. But again, it doesn't matter. Work ethic doesn't matter in this country anymore. It's all about being a victim. And now we have 15% equity surcharges at restaurants because we don't have work ethic in this country anymore. And people are so damn lazy and expect you to just tip them because they gave you subpar service. Absolutely not. And to this day, I will not leave. I'll still leave a tip, but I will not leave a good tip if my server was subpar because I used to be a server and I understand what it takes to do it. And I understand 
understand what work ethic is. So our country is an absolute joke at this point, and I'm sorry to be, again, so aggressive today. But I got, you know, I got back from my nice vacation. I was really hoping America would be doing better than it is right now. But uh, this, this is where we're at. Seattle Pride event as well. Um, apparently last week was charging white people $50 reparations fees. And uh, the city ignored the reverse racism complaints. This couple uh, brought this uh, frustration up because I guess there is a black pride um, rally and they were charging these reparation fees. And uh, basically the rally organizers are like, well, this event isn't for white people. It's for black and brown people. So if you're white and you want to join us, you have to be charged a $50 reparation fee. But also if you don't support us, you're a racist, even though we're going to make it as hard as possible for you to support us. Yeah. All right. All right. I cannot wait for Pride Month to be over. This has been a long month specifically because of that. You know, I was walking through the airport this past weekend and the amount of rainbows and just complete BS that we're just like thrown in my face. Just get it, get it out of here. I'm done with it. I'm done with the pandering. I'm done with the LGBTQ community. Guess what? You're such a small minority that you don't need to be represented for a whole damn month. Again, Elijah Schaefer made this point and it still stands. Why do we only celebrate our veterans who died for this country for one day and we celebrate degenerates for a whole month? Somebody answer me that. Now let's go ahead and move on to uh, the, the just complete deterioration of our country. Uh, Jen Psaki is trying to rewrite history right now. Biden's administration is trying to do that as a whole and say, uh, yeah, it was actually the Republicans who were trying to defund the police. We've never been you know, anti-police or defund the police at all. That's been Republicans the whole time. Oh my gosh. Okay. So this was Santa Monica this past weekend. This is an Amazon truck being looted in broad daylight by uh, the black community. They always seem to be the ones doing the looting. And I'm just going to call out and say it as it is. I know a lot of conservative commentators like to be like, oh, look at all these Trump supporting white supremacists. But uh, because I'm brown, I know I have the ability to be able to say that, damn, why is the black community wise and hell out and looting an Amazon prime truck in the middle of the day in Santa Monica? Why is crime rising in our country? I don't know. Maybe it's because for the past year, we allowed domestic terrorists to defund all of our police and run our streets. And now this is just a normal commonplace activity. Just, you know, looting an Amazon truck on a Tuesday. <laughs> it is what it is. It's just a fun thing to do nowadays. That's kind of how, uh, you know, certain people like to bond. It's just like, let's go loot a store together. Yeah, yeah. Regular date night. You want to go to a steakhouse? No, I'd rather go and loot an Amazon Prime truck. <sighs> so um, again, this is Jen Psaki being questioned in regards to the defund the police movement. Let's just watch a little bit of this clip and hear what Jen Psaki has to say, because uh, again, George Orwell in his book, 1984 talked extensively about, you know, the rewriting of history, the destruction of history. And that was supposed to be a fictitious book, but here we are, here we are. So let's just listen to Jen Psaki uh, blame Republic or the fact that our entire country is in chaos and we have severely defunded our police. Who said this weekend, Cedric Richmond? He said Republicans defunded the police by not supporting the American Rescue Plan. But how is it that that is an argument uh, to be made when the president never mentioned needing money for police to stop a crime wave when he was selling the American Rescue Plan? Well, the president did mention that the American Rescue Plan, the state and local funding, something that was supported by the president, a lot of Democrats who supported and voted for the bill could help ensure uh, local cops were kept on the beat in communities across the country. As you know, didn't receive a single Republican vote. That funding has been used to keep cops on the beat. Oh my gosh, okay. <laughs> Again, I'm trying to remain calm today. 
But Jen Psaki actually makes my skin crawl. How could you willingly go up in front of an entire country of how many people live in America? Like 330 plus million and just straight up lie every day for a living. Imagine being that privileged and elitist that you willingly go up in front of an entire country that you are supposed to be helping lead because let's be honest here, Joe Biden's not leading. Maybe it's Kamala. I don't know. Jen Psaki's the mouthpiece for everyone. So uh, she does have a pivotal point and role in this administration. How could you live with yourself if you got up every single day and went and lied to millions of people? And, and how could you live with yourself? This woman's despicable, and it's it's just sad to see. So apparently, the defund the police movement is now being blamed on Republicans. And uh, this is my favorite thing, too, how the media always likes to swoop in and say that, uh, uh, you, you know, this violent crime, this just wave of crime, it's because of the pandemic. It's because of the lockdowns. So this is a story from AP that reads, Biden pushes effort to combat rising tide of violent crime. And uh, it says, the worry over crime is real and leads to be fueled by the pandemic, which has created economic hardship, displacement, and anxiety. Okay, let me stop you guys right there. No, the government created economic hardship, displacement, and anxiety, not the pandemic. The government is the one that took away our freedoms and forced us to shut down and ruin children's lives. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. I'll be calm. But there are also tricky politics at play. This spike in crime has become a Republican talking point and has been a frequent topic of conversation on conservative media. Wow. So, uh, oh, and then I also forgot to read this, this just whopper of a sentence up here in the beginning. President Joe Biden plans to lay out new steps to stem a rising national tide of violent crime with a particular focus on what? On gun violence. As administration officials brace for what they fear could be an especially turbulent summer. Why is it going to be especially turbulent, Biden? Maybe it's because you've not only emboldened but enabled criminals to run our streets every single day and Black Lives Matter has made it to now where police officers won't even draw their guns because they're scared of the repercussions. We've severely defunded our police in Democrat-run cities specifically, and they have the highest crime. Show me, show me a list of the, the cities in America with the highest crime rates, the highest homelessness rates, the highest rapes for homicide, gun violence, take your pick. They're all Democrat-run. And the media loves to swoop in and say, oh, well, it's a, a Republican talking point that there's there's violence that's rising, but it's because of guns. It's not because we, we um, you know, allowed criminals to burn and loot and riot and destroy, and then the DAs would all let them out the next day. That's definitely not it at all. Like, why would you even say that? Uh, MSN News says, as homicides soar nationwide, mayors see few options for regaining control. And uh, my good, my, my city, Austin, Texas, is mentioned in here along with Chicago, and I think it's absolutely hilarious because um, in six hours, one night this month, four mass shooting attacks uh, took place, Savannah, Austin, Chicago, Cleveland, and in their wake, a sober recognition from city leaders that they don't have many options left for curbing a surge in homicides that is traumatizing communities nationwide. Now, let me go ahead and focus in on Austin because I love Austin. I lived there for two and a half years, and I, I lived in Austin right before the Democrat mayor ruined it. They defunded our police. The Democratic City Council defunded the police in Austin, okay? They severely defunded them to the point where now there's mass shootings and gang violence running rampant in the city. 
So it's so funny to me when it's like, oh, Mayor C, few options for regaining control. It's really not their fault, even though uh, they all consciously made the decision to take money away from police departments and uh, allocate it to COVID response and uh, curbing racism, which is now apparently an epidemic. Daily Caller writes, Steve on the police is so unpopular that Democrats are now claiming Republicans did it. Yes, that's exactly where we've gotten to. In one of the most liberal places in the U.S., New York City, a Democratic primary for mayorship shows a microcosm of how the majority of the public takes to defunding the police campaigns and attitudes. Um, Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams, a former NYPD officer, currently leads Maya Wiley, who is endorsed by Rep AOC, blah, blah, blah. Um, why is this not about the headline says it's about whatever the point that we're making here and uh basically this article is about jen Psaki now trying to blame again republicans for the whole entire defund the police movement even though aoc ilhan omar ayana presley the squad you remember them they're extremely popular they have called for defunding the police and joe biden and kamala harris have called for reform which is a code word for defund and give the masses and the mobs of violent criminals what they want and look where we're at now look where we're at now Oakland City Council voted to defund their police department by another $18.4 million. That came out uh, yesterday, even though their homicides increased 314% in 2020 after a previous budget cut of $14.3 million. It's just so, it's so crazy how when you take away the police's ability to properly staff their precincts, to have the proper training that they need for various situations. Because I remember talking to various police officers in Austin specifically about this because they were, again, severely defunded and they were talking about how that funding would have gone to better training, to hiring more police officers, but they're severely understaffed and they keep cutting the budget, they keep cutting the budget and homicide rates keep increasing. Kind of crazy how that happens, isn't it guys? On top of that, uh, there was also a shooting in Times Square in New York City this past weekend. And uh, here's the suspects, a 21-year-old, uh, no, the 21-year-old Marine was the one that was injured. And uh, this is the shooter right here. As my conservative friends love to say, a uh, white supremacist Trump supporter in broad daylight. And of course, all the liberals on Twitter were like, oh, well, obviously there's a police precinct right in Times Square. so." Putting more police on the streets isn't going to help anything. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's the guns that are the problem. We have no cultural issues in this country with specific communities that all seem to be in these videos, these violent uh, homicide, homicidal events. Okay. It, it always seems to be a specific community. But yeah, tell me again how we don't have a societal or cultural problem. Tell me again how it's racism that's an epidemic or a pandemic, whatever. Now, while all of that is happening and our country quickly, quickly deteriorates, because keep in mind, Joe Biden has only been in office for six months at this point, what are our intelligence agencies focused on? And uh, what are all of our taxpayer dollars going towards? Uh, Tucker Carlson reports that FBI informants confirmed on January 6th and also a whistleblower gave him evidence that the NSA is spying on his communications. But guys, no big deal. The NSA just came out with a statement and they were like, we're not doing that. That's, that is not happening at all. This is my favorite thing that I've seen today, I think, because, okay, uh, let me just make an analogy for you guys here. You know, when you, you see a little kid with chocolate all over their mouth and you're like, did, did you eat the chocolate? It, 
was that you? And the kid goes, no, I didn't. I didn't eat the chocolate. And he goes, are you sure? Because I, I can see the chocolate on your face. No, I didn't eat the chocolate. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, I believe you. That is our media. Because, you know, on top of the NSA putting this out and, oh my gosh, absolutely hilarious. Who can reply? No one. Jack Posobiec was like, oh, you guys, the NSA uh, turned off their replies to this tweet because they already know what you're saying. Stay woke. I thought it was absolutely hilarious. But again, going back to, uh, you know, this statement, Jen Psaki also came out today too and was like, well, the NSA said that they didn't do that. So, I mean, like if they said that they didn't, then they didn't. Like, obviously we all know they, like, it's kind of clear that they did, but like they said that they didn't. So it's totally fine. Just like, you know, how uh, the media said that John McAfee committed suicide and uh, just like Jeffrey Epstein did, even though the uh, prison guards that night did admit to falsifying records and they're now not having to face any jail time for that. Yeah, those were both suicides. You know, at this point, if you want to be a uh, homicidal maniac in one of these inner cities, just say that the person that you murdered committed suicide because apparently we're such imbeciles in this country that we just take we just take criminals at face value at this point. Yeah, uh, did you murder this person? No, I, uh, I know there's a bloody knife in my hand and I could see how you could think that, but it wasn't me. Okay, that's country. Uh, have we really deteriorated as a society so much that this is where we're at? We have a press secretary who is like, well, yeah, the NSA said that they didn't do it. So, I mean, I guess they didn't. And uh, again, the richest part of all of this is that there are actually liberals who will read this and say, yeah, they said they didn't. And that's just the honest, bold truth to them. That's where we're at as a country. We've completely declined as a society, and we are now living in the stupidest time to be alive. And all of our intelligence agencies, which are supposed to look out for the American people, are now spying on American citizens. Not only that, but they're also arresting grandmothers. Indiana grandmother will be the first person sentenced in the U.S. Capitol riot. <sighs> this is what our FBI is focused on arresting grandmas that were parading around the Capitol on January 6th, while the NSA spies on an American citizen. This is where we're at. And we're just supposed to accept it. Americans have become so weak and pathetic that we do. We take the media at face value. Even, I think it was China even came out and was like, yeah, the, the U.S. is getting kind of wild with the propaganda. Good Lord, let's take notes. North Korean defectors who escaped from North Korea, they're even shocked at how crazy liberals are here in America. They're even shocked at the amount of censorship and lies and propaganda that we're living through. North Korean escapees. That's where we're at. Six months in office. I, again, I've said this before and I'll say it again. Everyone says Joe Biden's really bad at stuff, but I think he's done a phenomenal job of destroying our country in record time. Let's get, let's get to uh, the historic highs that we're seeing during his presidency. And I wish that they were good, but they're not. You know, I don't wish for Joe Biden to fail because then we as a country fail. But again, the only thing he's succeeding at is being an awful president and further destroying our country. 
Gas prices have hit a seven-year high as stations run low on fuel ahead of 4th of July. Now, I want to make a quick point in regards to a lot of these news stories because remember when the Colonial Pipeline got hacked and everyone said that we were running out of gas because everyone was panic buying gas? And now we're seeing gas prices hitting a seven-year high. And it's like, well, the stations are running low on fuel because it's July 4th and everyone's filling up their tank and there's going to be a lot of travel. Well, also, what about the fact that Joe Biden shut down the Keystone Pipeline? Hmm. Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny how like when you shut down pipelines, there's probably a shortage. And also, I believe there's a shortage of workers too right now. Uh, so maybe that could be contributing to uh, all of these shortages as a whole as well. I, I really don't know. I mean, yeah, let's just keep blaming it on the American citizens here, not on Joe Biden, who decided to destroy most of the U.S. jobs. Now, it's not only gas prices that are hitting historic highs. Uh, food is also on the same path. And restaurants are saying that they are uh, seeing prices that they've never seen before. Um, the... This is an article from CBS Boston, and they basically went and they interviewed a bunch of different uh, restaurant owners to ask them how it's been, you know, post-COVID opening back up. And uh, apparently, this is Nick Rando, who is the owner of Ziti Trattoria. He said, compared to what he paid back in January to today's prices, red meat for steak tips and steak was $7.35 a pound. Last week, it was $13.20, and it's not just meat. According to the National Bureau of Labor and Statistics, cereal and bakery items are up 5%, fruit and vegetables are up 1%, and dairy products are up 6%. Now, um, <clears throat> industry experts blame not only demand, but a shortage of workers and higher transportation costs driving up prices on just about all food products. And uh, a grocery store customer said, it's just a sign of the times, you know, prices go up, gas goes up, groceries go up. It's just, it's just a sign of the times. Really, because I'm pretty sure that there's a shortage of workers because of Joe Biden, you know, making everyone dependent on the government. I'm pretty sure there's higher transportation costs because he canceled the Keystone Pipeline. And also, we are now getting hacked. Uh, all of our critical infrastructure is being and has been hacked because everyone thinks that Joe Biden is a joke. And that's what we're seeing this all happen. But your average American citizen is just like, oh, it's just a sign of the times. It's just, you know, market fluctuates. It goes up and down. This is just normal. This is just normal American life. No, it's not. This is also a local uh, CBS Minnesota article that reads many restaurant job applicants aren't showing up for interviews. And uh, I want to read this portion right here because it's uh, the most important part of this article. It says in order to maintain unemployment insurance in Minnesota, job seekers are told they must seek jobs weekly and record that in the self-reporting system. And um, a chef who's been trying to get people to work for him said out of 100, 150 people that have applied that are looking for jobs that I set up interviews for, half a dozen to a dozen actually showed up. He says it's been pretty difficult. Celebrity chef Justin Sutherland said he recently had 50 different applicants not show up for interviews at his St. Paul restaurant. So there you guys go. Um, all you have to do in order to maintain unemployment and keep getting those checks from daddy government is pretend like you're going to go look for a job and say that you are going to go look for the job, but you don't actually have to show up to the interview. So there you go. That is Joe Biden's America. But it gets worse. Kamala Harris decided to visit the U.S. border because Donald Trump said he was going to do it first. And so that lit a fire under Kamala's butt. And she was like, OK, 
let me actually go and pretend that I care about my country. I really don't. I'm just here for show, but I guess I'll go. She went to El Paso first off. She didn't even go to McAllen, which um, that is a big point of uh, the, the border crossings. And if you go to McAllen, you will very easily see families crossing the border. I did it. I went for one day and I got footage of a family of illegal immigrants. Well, I thought they were a family. I don't know if those were their children or not crossing into America illegally. Border Patrol came, picked them up, put them in the back of their truck, gave them a check, shipped them off on a bus into America. Okay. So Kamala Harris didn't even go to the U.S. border. She went to El Paso and she went to a, a like an illegal immigrant facility. So she didn't even go to the actual border physically, you know, like um, Warren Boebert did with the Kamala Harris cutout. And that's still as close as Kamala's gotten to the border. So she went to this migrant facility. And again, apparently she had a press conference there and she was like, Donald Trump really needs to stop pointing fingers. And, you know, he just really needs to let me do my job. Fellow Democrats are even seeing how bad the, the border surge is getting. And they're even telling Kamala, like, you're making the Democratic Party look weak. And so she went to the border because, again, the only reason why she did is because Trump said he was going to go first. This is from Priscilla Alvarez, who is a CNN immigration reporter. Even CNN can't hide the stats anymore. She says more than 1 million migrants crossed the U.S.-Mexico border since last October. Officials tell me, and <clears throat> that surpasses the 2019 border crisis with three months still left in the fiscal year. Many of those apprehended are repeat crossers as a result of Title 42. So more than a million migrants since last October. That is baffling to me. And it gets worse. Let's keep going. So uh, another reporter who is on the U.S. border trail, because again, you actually have to go to the border. There's lots of dirt out there. There's also an unfinished wall. Kamala would know if she'd ever went, but uh, she hasn't. He says, many of the Haitian women I'm meeting here on the U.S. border trail through Costa Rica are exactly seven months pregnant. Two dads told me they time the smuggling trips so that their children get born U.S. citizens. And I've been talking about a lot, too, how, um, you know, the theory of replacement migration was deemed a conspiracy. But look at what is happening in our country. A million migrants since last October, and we, we literally have Haitian migrants. Or, you know, it's not even Haitian migrants. There's a lot of Hispanic migrants, basically anyone coming over the border, a lot of them are pregnant. And as we see here, they, these people, seven months exactly to ensure that their children are born in the U.S. You ever heard of an anchor baby? That's a little bit of what that is. What else is going on at the border? Just the News says fentanyl seized at the border in May more than tripled since last year. The amount of fentanyl seized by the United States in May from those attempting to smuggle the drug across the U.S.-Mexico border has more than tripled since last year, according to statistics released by Custom and Border Protection. The agency's data show that last month, roughly 951 pounds of fentanyl were seized by officers, up from the 240 pounds in May last year. So there you guys go. More than tripled since last year. We have migrants surging our border. We have drugs coming across our border. We have children being killed or dying on this dangerous journey and again going back to the theory of replacement migration if you're not familiar with it go look it up i've talked about the changes in demographics that are coming specifically to red states like texas because we are being surged with illegal immigrants and they're being bust throughout our entire country 
Now, an Illinois plan would allow non-citizens to vote during school board elections. Now, you might read this headline and say, ah, oh, it's just a school board election. Not a big deal. This is the beginning of illegals voting in our actual election, which I'm pretty sure they already do, which is why people always like to say, oh, it's racist to have to show an ID um, if you want to vote. You know, how are the people who just crossed the border from Mexico going to vote in our elections? Like, sure, they don't live in this country. Sure, they don't give a damn about America. And uh, sure, the average person, um, you know, is going to vote Democrat because the Democrats are one are the ones handing them $2,000 checks. But uh, yeah, it's really not that big of a deal. So again, Focusing on this headline here, because it seems small now, a school board election seems uh, minuscule, but this is the beginning point of bigger things to come and that are already happening in regards to our voting system and just illegal immigrants as a whole making decisions in our country. Now, let's go ahead and get into COVID and a little bit of an update on that. I'm going to try to speed through this as fast as we can. New York Post, World Health Organization recommends masks even for vaccinated people because of the Delta variant. So we now have a new variant, guys. And I was joking with Elijah about how these new variants are starting to sound like frat houses. I was like, yeah, the Delta Lambda Chi variant, super elite, super cool. Like, I, I, that's the one that I got because super elite. Like, what the hell is going on in this country at this point? We have a Delta variant. Everyone's laughing in the face of the Delta variant. I was in Las Vegas this past weekend. No one was wearing face masks. The only people that were were the employees at certain casinos or restaurants that were forced to wear one. But apparently, this is a highly contagious Delta variant of the coronavirus, and it's gaining traction around the world. The World Health Organization is urging vaccinated people to continue to wear masks and social distance, according to reports, because vaccines alone won't stop community transmission. Oh, my goodness. I, I don't want to do this anymore. I... <sighs> Delta variant. See, y'all thought that the government was just gonna, uh, you know, impede on all of our rights and take away our freedoms and not try to keep going as hard as possible. No, you think the Delta variant is the last variant that's going to come out? No, absolutely not. We're never going to get out of this until the American people stand up and say enough is enough. The World Health Organization in itself is corrupt, and their director, who isn't even a real doctor, Tedros Adhanom, I probably butchered his name there, ties to the Chinese, the same Chinese who were, you know, saying that there's no possible way that gain-of-function research, which, uh, you know, was conducted to make coronaviruses more infectious to humans, did not leak out of the Chinese lab in Wuhan. Uh, mm, isn't it kind of funny how all that's connected? Yeah, go look into all that. Very interesting. So apparently we, we have a new scary Delta variant. Very, very bad. Very, very dangerous. You should probably never leave your house again. Honestly, guys, the Delta variants out. Have you guys ever seen the movie Bubble Boy? That's probably the next level that we need to be at as a society just to truly make sure because one mask, no. Two masks, no. I, I need to see triple masks and a complete bubble around everyone in America or how else would we ever be completely safe? We should probably also upload our consciousness to computers at this point and just, you know, completely delete human life as a whole. When I say delete, I don't mean in like a, a death way. I just mean like a, everyone is like lying in bed and we're all just like connected to the internet via our brains because real life is just so scary and dangerous. The Delta virus is going to get us, guys. Uh, <laughs> let's keep going on these tweets. So uh, Bill Mnugin says, LA County Public Health is now recommending that everybody, regardless of vaccination status, mask up indoors in public places as a precaution over concerns about the Delta variant. 
oh my goodness, how many people do you think are actually going to live this way? My chance is uh, at least a couple million. There's so many TikToks coming out of liberals like, I love the vaccine and I love to talk about facts. And I'm just like, cool. So uh, what about the fact that uh, masks are freaking useless? And um, we did the whole oh, six feet of distance, actually three feet of distance, actually double mask, actually triple mask. Are liberals that stupid that they truly forgot what the hell happened this past year? Yes, the answer is yes. Now, it gets worse, it gets worse. So uh, we have this nice little video that came out today, and it basically is um, of a bunch of corrupt, uh, I don't know, this is a foreign video, I don't know if these are politicians, but they're basically doing, um, they're about to do what looks like a press conference, and everyone's out breathing raw air, no face masks on, and then they realize the cameras are on, they're like, oh my gosh, put your mask on, put your mask on, put your mask on. So um, this is a perfect example of society as a whole right now, specifically the elites in power who continue to try to take away the freedom of the American people. You think that they're wearing a double mask? No. Remember who got her haircut in the middle of the pandemic? Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. Yeah. You remember when Gavin Newsom went to his friend's birthday dinner because he hadn't been out in months and he just really wanted to go. And sure, you couldn't go to restaurants, but I had to. Remember when Gretchen Whitmer did the same thing? She uh, traveled to uh, one of her vacation homes, even though she told everyone else not to do it. And uh, Lori Lightfoot said she has to get haircuts because she's a public official, but you guys can't because you're just a common American. This is the elite in power. They're all show. It's all fake. This reminds me of the G7. You know how they took their family photos six feet apart. And then uh, that other photo came out of them a couple days later of them on the beach right next to each other with no masks on drinking beers. It's like, come on, we we're not wearing the masks. You're not wearing the masks. Like, why are we still doing this? This fake theater? Are, Are we done with it yet? Apparently not. Apparently not. Now, Morgan Stanley is estimating that uh, there's a $100 billion profit for Pfizer over the next five years from the COVID jab. Now, I wanted to start off with the, uh, again, complete hypocrisy of the leads and segue into this, because why do you think they're still perpetuating this? Because of money and power. Let's focus on the money aspect. $100 billion profit for Pfizer over the next five years. By the way, if you take their vaccine and you die from it or you have an adverse reaction, they cannot be held liable at all. And remember that they already brought in $3.5 billion in sale from the COVID jab in the first three months of 2021. Why do you think they're pushing this so hard on people? Because it's a billion dollar industry and money talks, baby, money talks. And they, they don't want their pocketbooks being touched. And why can't we talk about this? Why can the average American citizen not have access to the reality of what's going on in this country in regards to this jab? Well, um, I mean, I guess it's been revealed that Google funded virus research carried by carried out by Wuhan-linked scientist Peter Daszak. For over a decade, new report reveals, amid accusations, big tech has has silenced the COVID lab leak theory. Now, we all know that big tech works in collusion with each other. We got Google, we've got Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You're not allowed to share the videos. You're not allowed to talk about the lab leak theory. Uh, No, no, absolutely not. Because the media is going to tell you what to think. Also propping up the same elitists who don't even follow the CDC FDA guidelines that uh, Dr. Fauci allegedly put in place for everybody to keep us all safe. So uh, do you see how that that all works, guys? You see how that's all connected? Ah, my goodness, I weep for society. Emerald Robinson says, 
speaking of big tech, YouTube has removed the video interview of Dr. Robert Malone, the, in the inventor of mRNA vaccine technology, discussing how nanoparticles contained in the COVID vaccine actually leave the injection site and accumulate in organs and tissue, especially in the ovaries. Very interesting. Remember how we were all told that, uh, yeah, there's no there's no adverse reaction for pregnant women for with the vaccine, and uh, you should just take it because it's safe for most people. Most people. Not all people, but most people, and it's rare. It doesn't mean it will never happen. It just means it's rare, and it happens to you. Well, I mean, the company that you chose to uh, inject you with this experimental liquid can't be held viable anyway. But there you guys go. So uh, we have Google censoring information on um the lab leak theory. We have Facebook who took down that Tucker Carlson video of the Chinese virologist who worked with the COVID yeah, coronaviruses in China. That video was taken down. We now have YouTube removing the inventor of the mRNA vaccine technology saying that the vaccines leave the injection site and uh, accumulate in organs and tissues, especially in the ovaries. And that video that we played at the beginning, yeah, Twitter won't let you share that either. This is from Al Jazeera because, uh, again, we're all being told that this vaccine is safe and effective. And then articles like this just go by the wayside. FDA adds heart inflammation warning to Moderna and Pfizer vaccines. But uh, Pfizer is going to make $100 billion off of this vaccine. So uh, shut up and take it. Warning update follows an extensive review of information and discussion by CDC's advisory committee. I want to stay as calm as possible, but we're injecting children with this. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration has added a warning about the risk of heart inflammation to fact sheets from Moderna and Pfizer. The warning on Friday noted that reports of adverse events following vaccination, particularly after the second dose, suggest increased risks of myocarditis, inflammation of the heart muscle, and pericarditis or inflammation of the tissue surrounding the heart. And keep in mind that we did read a lot of those news articles about young, healthy teenage boys who were experiencing heart attack-like symptoms after their jab. Emerald Robinson again says, suddenly the CDC says there's a link between heart inflammation cases and the new vaccine. You know, the shots they're forcing on your kids who have almost zero risk of getting the virus. But keep in mind that it's not only the shots that are being forced on our children. It's also face masks, okay? Uh, Post-millennial writes, White House says keep kids masked until they're vaccinated. This comes again from our... <laughs> Lying press secretary Jen Psaki, keep kids in masks until they're vaccinated. And while Jen Psaki's telling you to keep your kid in a mask and, until they're vaccinated, even though there's no science or research to back that actually helps anything, this again goes by the website. Lab analysis of children's COVID 19 face masks reveals dangerous pathogenic bacteria. Let's go ahead and read into this because it's genuinely terrifying. Recent laboratory analysis of several used face masks worn by children revealed the presence of pathogenic bacteria lab technicians called dangerous clinging to the materials of the masks. Now, these samples were sent by a group of Florida parents to the University of Florida's Mass Spectrometry Research and Education Center. One of the parents who coordinated the experiment told uh, this just the news she decided to test the mask after her son developed a giant rash on his face. Repeated treatments from her child's pediatrician were not successful in curing the rash. A facial scraping from a dermatologist finally determined it was a fungal infection. The dermatologist clinician said the moisture from the mask was to blame, but it gets so much worse than that. Donahoe said she and several other parents had been talking to the school board about lifting some of these mask requirements. 
And then this lab report found that multiple quite dangerous bacteria samples and the tested masks, among them streptococcus pneumonia, myobacterium tuberculosis, staphylococcus, and numerous others. In some cases, the lab technicians pointedly underscored the dangers presented by the bacteria, noting the presence of meningitis in the masks. The technicians wrote that the bacterium causes meningitis and life-threatening sepsis, while another bacteria, Staphylococcus, can result in severe invasive infection. So that is what is on the face masks of children that the White House is telling you to put on your kid for their safety, or they could take the vaccination, which could permanently alter their life and put them in a wheelchair or give them a heart attack. Somebody show me where Dr. Fauci has led this country in a good direction or the Biden administration or the CDC or the World Health Organization or the FDA for that matter. Going to calm down. I'm going to calm down. Because I read stories like this and it genuinely makes me so upset that, again, it doesn't get time, it doesn't get attention, and no one is willing to talk about it because they're afraid of being deleted off of social media, which I understand to an extent. But if nobody talks about these issues and we don't bring light to it, how are we helping anybody in our country? Our fellow Americans are being killed in, in a giant experiment right now. Another article from Just the News reads, heart problems and vaccinated students trigger medical legal scrutiny of campus COVID mandates. Even a slight risk of serious vaccine adverse reaction could tip the benefit risk calculation for young people, medical professors say. Now, a lot of campuses are trying to require students to get the vaccination before they go back to school. And if you are a college student or a high school student or you're pressured to take this vaccine at all, remember that you don't have to take it because it's not FDA approved. It's not FDA approved, damn it. And it is literally causing people to have heart attacks, to have blood clots, to be put in wheelchairs. It's ruining people's lives. <sighs> the Jerusalem Post says, Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine linked to rare blood disease. Let's read a little bit of this. The Pfizer, oh, Pfizer again. Pfizer, that $100 billion, $100 billion, hopefully for them via their vaccine sales. The Pfizer coronavirus vaccine has been linked to an increased chance of developing thrombotic thrombocytopenic purpura, a rare blood disorder, Israeli researchers said Monday. If I butcher that, again, I'm sorry, I'm not a scientist. GTP is an autoimmune disease that causes blood clots to form in various organs of the body. According to the National Institute of Health, these clots can limit or block the flow of oxygen-rich blood to key organs like the brain, kidney, and heart, resulting in serious health problems. Very interesting there. I thought this was safe and effective. Where did that go? Now, a lot of people like to talk about the Nuremberg Code, and I finally decided to look it up because uh, it was specifically created post-World War II. Um, and it's 10 ethical principles for protecting human subjects. And I, I just want to read the, the 10 principles because uh, why aren't we following these? We, oh, let's just read these. Let's just read these. Okay. 
So again, the Nuremberg Code is aimed to protect human subjects from enduring the kind of cruelty and exploitation the prisoners endured at concentration camps. The 10 elements of the code are, one, voluntary consent is essential. That's number one. Voluntary consent is supposed to be essential for these experiments. Guess what hasn't been essential? Consensual. Sorry about that. This vaccine. Unless you live in a red state, you're going to be severely pressured to get it to the point where in blue states, they're now going to have people come to your house and knock on your door and see if you've been vaccinated. Number two, the results of any experiment must be the, for the greater good of society. Okay, so we've killed a lar large amount of people with this experimental jab. So, uh, okay, knock number two off. Number three, human experiments should be based on previous animal experimentation. And they'd like to say that the vaccine ha had animal experimentation, but they actually conducted animal testing while the vaccine was already released to the public and being given to humans. So uh, let's knock out number three. Number four, experiments should be conducted by avoiding physical, mental suffering or injury. Knock that one out immediately. Number five, no experiments should be conducted if it's believed to cause death or disability. Okay, well, uh, this has clearly caused that, this experimental jab. So, um, all right, are we going to adhere to any of these ethical guidelines? We're at number six so far, and we've already knocked off five. Number six, the risk should never exceed the benefits. Knocked off number six. Number seven, adequate facilities should be used to protect subjects. Hmm. Number eight, experiments should be conducted only by qualified scientists. <laughs> hmm. Number nine, subjects should be able to end their participation at any time. Wow, we've been in these lockdowns for how long now? And we're about to go back into them? Very interesting. And number 10, the scientists in charge must be prepared to terminate the experiment when injury, disability, or death is likely to occur. So in the Nuremberg Code's ethical guideline for research, all 10 of the ethical guidelines are not being adhered to. Not one of them is being adhered to. And this is a gigantic experiment on the American public. And nobody's talking about it because we have to worry about the gay NFL. That's the most important story of the day. Not the fact that a teenage girl um, had her life permanently altered and she's now disabled because of the vaccine. This is the type of news that you'll get from the mainstream media. New York Post right? get kinky with our graphic COVID sex orgy guide, the New York City Health Department says. And I'm just going to read you this one paragraph here because we've reached peak con world. That's, that's all I have to say. Safer sex may not seem all that sexy, but the NYC DOH aims to inspire. New Yorkers should actually avoid sex parties, they write. But for those who insist on getting their groove fully back this summer, the city explains that it's imperative to get jabbed before you attend, get-togethers with large group, have group sex, multiple sex partners, or sex with people you don't know. Oh my freaking gosh! This is our culture and this is our society. So it's like, you know, um, get an experimental jab before you go and have sex in a giant group of strangers <laughs> for your health and safety. It's so funny to me that the same people who were most likely doing cocaine off of a stripper's ass last year, or sorry, in 2019 before the lockdowns because the strip clubs were closed last year, are the same liberals who are probably like, oh my gosh, like I have to get the vaccine for my safety and my health. I mean, yeah, I've done cocaine in bathrooms a bunch of times with strangers and I've had drugs on the street and I'm also going to an orgy sex party, but I'm vaccinated, so it's okay and I'm healthy now. I hate our society. When I tell you I hate our society, it, are we even worth redemption at this point? Are we even worth saving at this point? New York City Health Department, guys. There we go. For your health and safety.
Now, you know, I like to end the show on a good note. So uh, this story was actually kind of funny. And uh, it's, it is kind of sad because, again, it's just more another example of just the complete clown world we're living in. But the story is actually hilarious. This is from New York Post. Ikea Juneteenth menu with watermelon and fried chicken sparks outrage. Now, my favorite part of this story is that they had a menu that would include fried chicken, watermelon, mac and cheese, potato salad, collard greens, and candied yams. And then because people complained about the menu because it was, uh, what, it, what, is, what does it mean when, what, what did they say it was? It's like appropriation. Yeah, it's appropriation. So they changed the menu, literally the exact same menu, except they took out the watermelon and they took out the candied yams. I kid you not. I thought it was absolutely hilarious because I was like, what? So there you guys go. That is the absolute state of America. And I know we went through a lot of news stories today and I've still got more for you. It was a jam-packed weekend. It's a jam-packed week. And um, thank you guys so much for sticking with me. I'm going to get to your super chats here in a minute. But um, I just wanted to say closing comments here. I'm sorry for being so aggressive. And I'm sorry that, you know, there was a lot of fire this, this broadcast. But I just want people to wake up and I want the average American to stop being so stupid and incompetent that they're willing to sit down and get an experimental government liquid injection for their safety before they go to an orgy sex party. That's my genuine hope for our country. That we bring, we make critical thinking cool again. That we make hating communism cool again. That we make loving our country cool again. My genuine hope. All right, that wraps up tonight's episode of Rapid Fire. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And uh, remember to like this video, share it. Also, the podcast link is down below. I just dropped my new podcast art today. And I have to say, let me hype myself up a little bit. It is fire. Go check it out. Go click the link. Click the link below to go check out that new podcast art. Remember, I also have a website too in case I ever get deleted on YouTube and I also have an Odyssey account. Don't wait until you try to come back to my page and I'm gone. Go follow me on Odyssey. Go go uh, to my website. Go check it out. Let me know what you guys think. That wraps up tonight's episode of Rapid Fire. Thank you for tuning in.